Welcome to Stories for the Future, a podcast on a mission to get you excited and optimistic about the huge challenges and changes we are facing on this beautiful planet called Earth. My name is Vesselmark Lavnesberge, and in this season, I want you to get into action. We all have special superpowers, and we are all needed to get us back on track for a great future. So please join me in my search for the superheroes with the superpowers. And if you at some point think that, hmm, I could do this, then go out and do it or make that connection. Write that email, start that company. With 7.8 billion superheroes, there's no way we couldn't make it. So let's start. It's game on. Hello again, and welcome to part two of my conversation with Arjun Srihari. He had so much to share, so I just had to give him two episodes. And if you haven't already, I think you should go back, definitely go back and listen to part one. In this second part, he goes into more details about his ideas for what he wants to do next. And we also spent quite some time around his vision for the future and how he thinks we can all have a much bigger impact on how our society evolves. There's a lot here, so let's just get going. Here's part two of my conversation with Arjun Srihari. And that's one of the ideas that I have for one of my future businesses. Is Yes, we we didn't get to that. Did you did you want to share something more about that? <laughs> yeah, or? sure, sure. I can. Yeah. And, and, and these are just ideas that I'm just throwing out. And and, and maybe, yes. maybe if I throw it out into the universe, something will stick and something will happen and come yeah, back. You at never me. know. You never yes. know. Absolutely. And so uh, a couple of the ideas that I had from, from from my time building that solar business was that one. I believe that yes, we did amazing work in solar. But when you think about uh, how climate works and 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 this fight against climate change, it really has to be more buckets than just energy. So I would love to do something that is ticking. And I keep saying these same buckets, but but you know they, they are my buckets when I think about how I break it down. Land, mm. water, energy, waste, air. And I think that mm. they're all interconnected. And so when you do one thing in one in one bucket, it affects another bucket. And so therefore, if collectively, if you can do things across all these buckets, then the combined impact can be extremely extremely powerful and so for me i don't I, my next venture i hope will not just be energy specific even though that's where my expertise lies i would like it to but i see that that's very ambitious you know and that, that you don't want to spread yourself too thin but i think that there has to be a way that i can connect these interconnected dots so that's one thing that i have it's a very broad very macro view of it right mm. but in terms of you know getting into more specifics about the business like I said, I want to continue uh, along this trend or this thread of involving everyday people, which means mm. more of a B2C play, which means getting consumers. I don't like to say consumers, actually, because, you know, it makes it very business, but it's not It's not about consumers. Yeah. It's about people. It's about me and you. It's about every everyone, everyone on the street. Everyone can be an active climate player. Whether or not they want to be, you know, whether or not they want to be like perceived as an activist or not, but everybody has an impact and everybody can do something in their own small way. And every drop adds up. And so therefore, if we were all to do a little, little bit, the, the cumulative collective action can be significant. Mm. So, so I, I, I would like 
and, I, and and that's one of the gaps that I still see, which is that a lot of the sustainability stuff is geared towards, and I understand why they do it. It's because, you know, low-hanging fruit, where can we hit the most impact as soon as possible? And so that's why they go to business. That's why they go to corporate, you know, corporations. And, and that's why they want to work at sort of, you know, a government level and things like that. But but what that what that unknowingly does is that it sort of gives this message to people like you and me there's there's nothing that we have to do you know mm. or there's nothing that i can do that will be sort of significant and that's not true you know even just me having this conversation with you is something that i've done right mm. in my own small small little way and 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 i hope it goes out to as many people as it possibly can but i'm realistic in the fact that it it's limited by the reach of your podcast and so you know it's whatever it is and it's limited by the reach and it's limited by the amount of knowledge that i have to share which is you know which is not very much you know so it's limited by a number of things, but that should not stop me from doing what I can. And this is something mm. that I can do. I can take out this hour in the morning to chat with you on a podcast that is doing great work. And I'm really, really happy that you have podcasts like yours, people like yourself, you know, who are fighting the good fight and doing what needs to be done right now in their own way and, and, and in your sphere of influence. If everybody were to do something in their sphere of influence, it's a domino effect, like I said. You will bring mm. more people, they'll bring more people, and we just bring more people into this conversation. And so the other idea that I want to have is I want to have more of a B2C thing, which is really to help people, everyday people, understand what is it, what is it first, what is the impact they're having on the environment, quantify some of these things that are quite intangible, but they don't have to be. There's a lot of data now and there's a lot of tech now that helps us to understand what is our impact. And I see a lot of this in sort of, you know, the Nordics uh, and, 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 and the way that sort of, you know, people are willing to pay that extra premium to know. You know, the other day I was, mm. I was speaking to someone um, on one of these roulette calls that they have on climate action tech where they're just introducing people in the, in the community. And, and he was sitting in Germany. Sorry, he's German, but he was sitting in Austria. Um, and he was telling me so many things that I had no idea about, which is so fascinating to me. His bank is a different kind of bank. It's not the conventional bank. It's a bank that's, it's, I mean, that's trying to be more green in that it tells him with every purchase that he makes, what is the footprint associated with that purchase? Because they've scraped this data from the web. They've partnered with a bunch of organizations that are helping understand things like this and giving them that, you know, feeding them that information and partnering them with the way that they're building that. So every purchase that he makes, it tells him that this is the footprint that that, that mm. purchase made. You know, this is how it could be more green. These are the these are the alternative options that you could have. And it's not saying that you have to do it. It's choice. It's saying that here are the choices, you know, but if you put these choices before somebody, that's when they can actually choose to jump off into something else. But if they're not aware mm. of that choice, how will they make, how will they jump off, you know? And so, his bank does it. He was talking to me about his energy company. He, you know, he's, he's in a, a more rural part of, not a rural part, but he's on the, he's not in the main city center, but his energy company is a cooperative where they share energy from the people um, in the cooperative. So he was showing me how he can actually look at his energy uh, profile and see, he can tell me exactly where his energy is coming from. So he said, you know, 60% of my energy is coming from solar right now. And it's coming from these solar grids that are hooked up. But 20% of my energy is coming from Paul, who lives down the road, who has <laughs> some, um, who has like a turbine in his river in the river near him or whatever. And, and, and he's generating this excess energy that he's not using. So he sends it to me and, and, and I pay him for it. And, you know, and so therefore it's also paying him back in terms of what he's doing, but it's also giving me energy at a, at a, at a, at a, at a, at a slight premium. 
which a lot of people shy away from, you know, right now, because the problem that, that we've got into is we've gotten used to this whole cost war, which is everything has to be cheapest. And mm. if it's not cheapest, I'm not buying it. And if it's not the cheapest, I don't want it. But what we also have to realize is that if you want to take action on climate and if you want to help the environment, and if you can afford to pay that five cents more, then you should go ahead and pay it. Because in the scheme of things, you're doing an amazing thing. And in the scheme of things, it's not such a dent on your pocket. And in mm. the scheme of things, it's actually probably saving you money. Because when you think about, you know, a lot of people talk about this, what is the cost of climate change? It's in the trillions. And we're all paying for this. We pay it through the taxes that we pay. You know, we pay it through the cost of having to fight climate. We pay it through all these natural disasters that we see every, every day around us. These forest fires, these droughts these uh, tsunamis, these, these torrential rainpours, uh, you know, what, 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 what are we seeing uh, re- recently in Spain? We're seeing, I've, for the last four weeks, there's been a volcano erupting in the Canary Islands that has crippled the way people are living over there because it's destroyed homes, destroyed property. And it's all connected. I mean, it's all connected to climate, you know, and the fact that we're having, of course, volcanoes occur naturally. And it's, and people will say that this is something that's part of the process. But just look at the scale of things that happen. I mean, all you have to do is just look in the news and you really have, it's, it's, Mm. it's quite obvious, right? That there is something happening to this planet. And that, and that is definitely human induced and is being accelerated by, by humans and the effect that we're having through, you know, industrialization and, and just the whole process of living lives in, in the 21st century today and the way that we're used to the comforts that we've had. And so, and so, you know, wherever you are able to pay that little bit of extra to ensure that what you're doing is having less of an impact or is having no impact. I think that's amazing. And I think that that's something that happens a lot in the Nordics. It happens a lot in sort of, you know, in sort of you know, certain parts of uh, of Europe. And, and there's a lot to learn from that. I, I, so I, I was so you, you, sorry, you, you would like to... Um to show people the data is that like a platform i would like to show them the data i would like to also present this uh as an as an option that they can choose you know whether it's through Mm. a platform whether through it's a shared platform you know i'm like i said i'm still working on the details of of of, of how this business will sort of come out but it's it's really about a making them aware b using data to show them that this is truth and and this is quantifiable and c presenting options in terms of what are the alternatives and how can you switch and making like i said earlier in the the course making that switch as hassle-free and easy as possible Mm. because only Mm. then will you be able to allow people to get out of this very conditioned comfortable lifestyle that they're so used to and switch to what they think is something where they have to compromise you know one of the great things that Elon Musk has done with his company Tesla and all the other companies that he works on is he's shown that you can be sustainable and not compromise on what mm. is, you know, what is an experience. So the driving experience does not have to be compromised. You can still have the best driving experience in an electric car. And that's what I think is the beauty of Tesla and why it's probably worked as well as it has. Of course, you know, the BMWs and the Mercedes of the world will say, hey, this is not this is not a driving experience or it's not on par. But BMW, Mercedes, Volkswagen, you know, Audi, all of them are now in electric, right? They're all getting into it. Yeah. So there's got to be something yeah. to it. And if yeah, they get absolutely. into it, they will improve the driving experience. And so it will it will get better. So this is how it works. You know, it's, 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 people have to really understand that you don't have to give up something to be able to help the, cl- the planet and, yeah. and, and help yeah. the climate and help me and you. You're not just helping the planet. You're helping everybody around you. You're helping the people mm-hmm. that live in. Most of all, you're helping the people that don't have a voice. You're helping the poorest of the mm-hmm. poor because those are the people that get that get hit the most and get hit mm-hmm. first. And they don't have any outlets, 
They don't have any outlets. They don't have any way to voice what is happening to them. So most of us aren't even aware of what's happening to these people. Mm. They are suffering the most and they have the least way of actually intervening in the process to make people aware of what's happening and, and help institute change. They're suffering, you know, they're suffering not just the loss of their habitats and, and their lifestyles. They're suffering their health. It's directly affecting their health. Everything that we put into the into our rivers, into our soil, into our air. You know, these people are people that live off nature and the way that mm. they should, and the way the way that I wish we all did, the way that I wish I did mm. more. You know, but but they 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 are even more susceptible than to it than we are, and we are susceptible to it too, because everything that you put into your rivers, everything that you put into your soil, everything that you put into the air, all comes back to you. It gets into your food. I mean, look at what they talk about with microplastics, that it's in your yeah. food, it's in your bodies. <laughs> if I were to take, if there was a way that they could drain my blood and see how many microplastics, it's probably there in significant quantities, yeah. you know. Don't want to think, think about probably it. probably horrible chemicals in me right now that I'm breathing yeah. off the walls of, of you know, in the, the, the compounds in my paint and, and all sorts of things, you know. And mm. so it's affecting you. It's affecting Mm. Me, it's affecting everybody around us. And so by doing this stuff for the planet, you're not just helping the planet, you're helping yourself, you're helping your neighbor, you're helping you're helping mm. the voices, you're helping the poor. You're doing a lot of things. So uh I have uh I think we have to go for the my standard questions for this season now. Okay. Um if there's we have been to I think you have touched upon uh bits of this uh, because we have been talking about what people can do but if there is one thing you would like people to do after listening to this episode what would that be Ooh, a concrete action that's a tough question just one can i can i, can I give you a suite of options? yeah you, you can you can <laughs> no let's be realistic uh and let's 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 stick to your your question because i think it's a good one because i think that that's something that people can actually action if there's one thing that, that that somebody can do, I would say, look very carefully about what it is that you're, that, look very carefully about how it is that you live your life. And think about one way in which you can do something that is going to help ease the footprint that you have as an individual living in this world. You know, that can be, and, and, I'm, and so I'm trying to answer your question, but also keeping it vague so that I'm, so that I, I also check a lot of boxes, which is that there is no one answer. They, I'm not going to say look at energy. I'm not going to say look at waste. I'm not going to say look at water or whatever. But there is a way that you can look at something in your life. And there is a mm. way that you can go out there, get the information that you need. Everything is online now. You know, The world of Wikipedia has transformed the way that we can consume knowledge and educate ourselves and up, upgrade the way that we interact with the world and just improve ourselves and our behaviors and things like that so do the research and find out what it is that first do the research find out what it is that you're doing in that one field whatever it is you know okay let's take a hypothetical example because this is something that i've been doing in my own in my own time is waste one of the brilliant things that we do here in madrid and i won't give it complete kudos because everything <laughs> still needs more work but one of the brilliant things that they do here is they segregate their waste you know at an individual level at a home level and then they and then therefore when it's collected at a municipal level it can be collected in ways that facilitate this separation that eases the recycling process and also the disposal process 
know, um, there are systems that they figure out that you can weigh, that you can that you can work into your schedule to make it workable. So it's really about you have to have the intent. Without the intent, nothing is going to happen. And I think that's the most, re- that's really the most important thing that I, if I could, if I could communicate any one thing to your listeners today, it's please think very careful about what, what, what are, what are the intentions behind your actions and, and how, how can you improve those intentions to, like I said, not just benefit the planet, but benefit yourself, benefit your health, benefit your children, benefit the people around you. And, 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 and in doing so, it's a win-win for everybody. Everybody wins. So, mm. so, you know, so think the first thing yes. is to think the second thing is to do research. And then the third thing is to do is to, is to put it into action. And when you think about how, when I was talking earlier about, you know, the time is now, unfortunately, these are all movements that take time. So you have to start doing them now and you have to start doing them in these small, small incremental ways. Mm. And only then will you get to a place where, yes, it is going to have something that means something, but you have to start somewhere. And I, I have this quote that, that is up on my board, um, you know, which, uh, which I love, which says, uh, think big or it says dream big, um, act small, you know, which is that yeah. you know, the, it's small steps that get you to that big dream that you have, but the, yeah. you have to start with those small steps and you have to mm-hmm. start somewhere. And there's no point saying having these big lofty ideas that you say, I'm going to put it off to tomorrow. And I'm guilty of this the most. I mean, I'm, I hate to say it because I, I, I don't like voicing these things because I believe it, 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 when you voice it, you know, it, you, you bring it into reality. But I procrastinate a lot and I try not to, you know, so anyway, whatever. Mm. I'm taking it back. <laughs> but, mm. but, but we all do and, and, and we all do so mm. for various reasons. But there are various ways that you can get, get around that kind of, you know, that idea that I can do it tomorrow or that somebody else will do it for me or that I'm mm. not. I'm not a big enough actor in the chain to effect mm-hmm. change. These are all misnomers that we yeah. have convinced ourselves to be more comfortable with the way that we are living the quote unquote horrible lives that we are living right now in terms of the impact mm-hmm. that we have on the planet. And, and um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that was a very long answer Great. to a yes. very short question. Uh, it's, a, it's a good answer. Uh, so stories for the future, you know, we're at 2030. And uh, you're setting the stage for how it, how is it in 2030? Uh, how does it look? How does it smell? How do we act? How do we live? Okay. What do you think? What 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 do you want? What do I want? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask. I was like, because <laughs> there, there are two ways I could see that. You know, it's like I just, yes. I just read an article the other day that said this is what the world is going to look like in 2050, and it was it was Armageddon esque night. No, night. not that answer. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to give that answer because I told you I'm no. a, I'm an optimist, a naive yeah. optimist. Um, the way that I see things happening in 2030 is a lot to do with decentralization. I believe that's the movement that's going to that's going to really affect a lot of change and it's also the movement that is that I that I see getting a lot of traction right now and decentralization goes into everything you know when you when you think about energy one of the things that one of the one of the core concepts that we were trying to impart to people when we were talking about rooftop solar is that is decentralization of energy which means mm. that you have the technology to generate your own energy on your own rooftop and send it right down to where you consume it, which means that you're not creating these massive power lines that are transmitting energy from super far away and losing 30% of the energy on the way due to losses and inefficiencies in the infrastructure and relying on somebody else to come and fix it. So decentralization applies to every single part of your life. It applies to your food. 
I, if you remember correctly, when we spoke last, I was telling you about a project that I'm working on with my university right now to yeah. do vertical farming on campus. And this yes. is not just, you know, the vertical farming setup set that we've that we've done on campus um, in my in my university here in Madrid. Uh, in so anyone who's in Madrid and wants to see it, I'm happy to take you there. You'll need to contact me though because they won't just let you into my university. Um, but I, I but I can arrange it. You know, I, I can help you. I can help you see it and, and learn from it. But but the idea is really not to say, okay, let's do the vertical farming on campus and this is the center. No, the idea with that is to show the students who come in there and all the faculty that come in there and all the guest lectures that come in there that this is something that you can do at home. Mm. This is something that you can do as a community. This is something that you can get together with four neighbors, find a find a green space if you have a garden, wonderful, do some gardening together. It's amazing when you work with the soil, you know, and it really brings people together when you work on, on, on gardening. And there's a lot that they say about in terms of how it makes you mindful and there's a lot of grounding that happens in terms of also very healthy for you. But, you know, this is also something that you can do in your home, inside your home. You can set up a mm. particular fire. We did this, three students did this DIY Yeah, and you did the technology, everything yourself, right? I mean, of course, we had some. We we reached out to an expert who gave us a lot of input, you know, in terms yeah. of you know technical uh, feedback and direction. But we did it all on ourselves. We went mm -hmm. out and bought, you know, bought whatever we needed to uh, from the market. You know, we even mm -hmm. found like stuff off the road. Like we salvaged some wood and stuff. You know, one of my one of the girls who was involved with it, she found this plank of wood and she said, "Hey, we can use this and repurpose this. Someone's throwing this away. Why not use it?" So things like that. You know, it's it's it's. But the point that I'm trying to make is that it's very easy to do. It's not complex. Mm. You know, if you just take yeah. the time to do it. And now there's a YouTube video for everything. You know? <laughs> so yeah. There's no there's YouTube YouTube University, but. But I'm happy to help you understand it if you want, uh, and uh, and I'm, I'm I'm happy to guide you and 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 help you avoid some of the mistakes that we made so you can go through it faster. But but really, uh, what I was getting the, the point that I was trying to make with your twenty thirty question was that I believe that decentralization will be something that is going to help us move away from these sort of these power centers that we have. You know, the power grid is a power center. That is somebody that has a monopoly over your life for hundreds of years. They own the energy that they sell to you, which is overpriced, which is inefficient in terms of how they generate it. It's horrible in terms of what they're using in terms of fossil fuels and carbon-based uh, sources. And they're losing most of the energy before it even gets to your home, etc. So mm. like that, you know, the, the people who grow your food for you, these are power centers that control what goes into your food, what chemicals they're using, what pesticides they're using. You don't need all this. But they're doing this because they have to do it at a mass scale. The guys who grow your meat for you. You know, animal agriculture is probably one of the worst contributors to climate change that is not acknowledged because it's the one that is the hardest to change. You know, when you think yeah. about how do you affect change, people don't want to tell other people that they should be vegetarian or they should be vegan. I'm not saying that you should be vegetarian or you should be vegan. But they can't do that because it's impossible to get into someone's life and tell them what they should or shouldn't eat without them shutting down mm -hmm. and telling and, and without that person shutting down and getting all defensive and saying, go take a hike, man. I'm going to decide what I want mm -hmm. to eat for myself. You can't tell me what I want to eat. And, you know, so, so, so things like that. I think decentralization is going to be what's going to change a lot of these paradigms that we have, which is, which is the source of a lot of the problems that we have in our lives. And again, I go back to my buckets. That decentralization is going to come into energy in terms of all the renewable sources that we have. Look over what I was telling you about the guy that I was speaking to earlier. He's buying his energy from Paul, who's down the road, yeah. you know, yeah. sharing his energy with him because he has some excess and he doesn't want to put it into a battery because, you know, maybe the batteries are too expensive or maybe the battery is just not optimal enough. He sends it to somebody who needs it and they both profit from it, you know, and that's decentralization mm -hmm. of energy working right there, peer-to-peer -peer sharing, mm -hmm. you know, of energy. It's going to be the same for food. You can grow your own food or you can have little community centers 
I've seen these amazing projects, you know, where they have these uh, these centers or these little spaces where they invite the community to come and be part of a community project. You all come and garden together and you all help. Mm. And, 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 and as a collective, you can do the things that you can't do as an individual. You know, I cannot devote X number of hours as an individual, but as a community, we can split it amongst ourselves. You know, people can split the tasks among themselves and that's how it works. You know, we come together. And so that's for food. Uh, so I said land. I have said uh, water. You know, how can we be more cognizant of the amount of water that we that we use? The decentralization of this water. You know, the next this a lot of people say the next war is going to be over water, the privatization mm. of water, because what are we doing with our water? We've depleted the water sources. And we've depleted our water table. And the reason that we've depleted the water table is because of all these unsustainable choices that we make in terms of, you know, who is using up all the water. It's all, it's mostly industry. It's mostly all the guys that are trying to, that are trying to grow the food to, to feed our burgeoning population, you know, and, 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 and they're depleting the water because they're sucking it up at such a rate that it's just not having enough time to replenish because, Yes, we are meant to draw the water out of the ground, but we're meant to draw it out of the water in a way that there's enough time that the natural cycles that exist in terms of, you know, precipitation and things like that, bring it back and, you know, and, and bring it back into the water table, you know, bring it back to those aquifers that exist underneath, uh, underneath our feet and, uh, and, and all these massive uh, water bodies and sources that we have. Oh God, I did a, I did a project during, like during business school on fast fashion and it blew my mind. Oh, yeah. About like you know what what fast fashion as an industry is doing, mm-hmm. and the kind of um, narrative that it perpetuates, the kind of uh, behaviors that it perpetuates in terms of what we associate. I don't need to up, up, upgrade my my wardrobe every three months just because there's a new style that comes out. You know the clothes that I wear can last me years, and mm-hmm. if I invest that just that little bit extra more in buying something that is quality. You know, as opposed to like fast fashion, like say, I'm probably you're probably going to get a lot of like uh, feedback from this. But, like say, if I say like Zara, H and M, etc., whatever. You know, but the, the but they're predicated on the fact that you know it's cheaper because the quality is cheaper and therefore it lasts you shorter. Therefore, mm. you have to buy more, and it's perpetuating this cycle of consumption, consumption, consumption. We want you to come back to us and spend more money on our products so that we can we can generate more revenue and and we can we you know whatever. So these things are. These things are not in line with what we need for today in terms of saving the planet. And they're also just not in line with the truth, which is that I can spend that little bit extra uh, on that, let's say, a Patagonia jacket, which is good quality, I know, and last me many, many years. And my Patagonia jacket has lasted me many years. And I can go back to Patagonia and they'll fix it for me. You know, they'll, and if, I, or if I've decided that I, I don't have any use for this jacket anymore, God forbid, suddenly my sense of fashion changes dramatically and I decide that I don't want it. I can go back and I can give it to them and they will take Mm. it and they will either figure out a way to break it down to use those components and reuse them again. Or they have a system where they'll put that into their secondhand market. You know, this is the growth of circular economy is one of the greatest things that we have seen in terms of how Mm. we're going to be able to. Uh, enact a lot of what I'm saying in terms of decentralization, but also a lot of what what I'm saying in terms of you know how can we reduce this footprint not as an individual, and and so that's land, water, waste. Well, I, I I don't know how we can do better with air, but I suppose air has a lot to do. Well, air I suppose cannot also have a lot to do with you know um, how do we use uh, modes of transportation, you know. One of the one of the one of the things that I love most about Madrid is that it's a walking city. 
and it's been enabled to be a walking city and a lot of the and and that's why you see that so many people in madrid are so 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 fit you know at, at, even at at an old age that they're, they're super yeah. healthy and of course this happens across europe and it happens a lot in the nordics i saw a lot in like stockholm when i was in sweden and um, and and i know that in i know that in norway as well you know that, that they're very sort of uh, uh, conscious of health and fitness but well we we like to think so at least but uh... <laughs> no well, i believe you I are know. i believe you are and to the outside uh, to the outside i i think it I think it. I think it rings true, but but like I'm saying, you know, when we talk about air, it's a lot to do with what are your choices in terms of transportation. Are you going to take an Uber every time you have to go somewhere, or can you invest a little bit more time to make that 15 or 20 minute walk, right? Mm. Or can you use systems that exist, mass systems of transportation? The metro in Madrid is amazing; connects to everywhere. Yes, it mm. takes me a little bit more time. Yes, maybe sometimes I have to change lines, and maybe it's not as convenient. But what does it mean in terms of the reduction that I'm having by not just having a car that takes just me from point A to point B? When I can either walk there, or I can use multimodal systems of transportation. I can use a cycle. I just a friend of mine gifted me a cycle when he left Madrid. It's been sitting in my living room for two months now, and I have not been able to fix it because I have I need some work on the brakes and the tires. But realistically, I should actually not even be using the metro. I should just be cycling everywhere that I want. Yeah. It'll be better for mm-hmm. me, and it's better for the environment. You know, and it's so it's and and it's therapeutic. It's so good for you. It's so healthy, you know, to be able to do these things. There's so much mindfulness that you can find in all these small choices that you make. And when you become more aware of the choices that you make, I believe that as a human being, you're evolving, and you're evolving also not just as a human being, as an individual, but as part of a much larger collective. And we will raise this collective consciousness of of what we can do, and 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 raise those. Anyway, I don't want to sound too much like a hippie, but raise those vibrations collectively, which will help. The world benefit at at at, mm. at large, and, and and also transmit this information to much larger audiences. You know? Yeah. So good, uh, twenty thirty answer. To, I would well, say one Did... one last thing I'll add to my twenty thirty answer, which is my own twenty thirty okay. answer. Yeah. Is that I would not like to be living in a city. I would like to be living <laughs> outside of ah, cities. You know, I yeah. think it's time to go back to. And, and 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 I see this a lot now. I see this a lot in places like Spain. I see this a lot of places like Italy. I see this in Japan, mm. where the youth are leaving the you know leaving their rural centers and they're running to these urban metropolitan centers, which is also not good because it's putting a lot of pressure on those urban centers and it it, mm. it everything everything adds up, right? Everything is everything is connected. So by coming to these urban centers, you are you are adding to the problems that these urban centers have as major urban polluting centers, but. But really, what need what 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 should be happening is that in our and and this connects to a lot of what I was saying about you know being decentralized, which is using you know regional resources, you know using the resources around the food that you eat does not have to come from halfway across the world. There is enough mm. food that is available to you in your garden if you are able to cultivate a garden the way that you should. So it doesn't you do not have to invest in all that emissions that are associated with transporting salmon that is frozen from Norway and sent to me here in Britain. <laughs> You know, um, yeah. Yeah, so so things like that, and so uh, for me as a person in 2030, I really hope. Well, I hope it happens before 2030 because 2030 is a long way away. But I hope that I'm able to be a live in a place where I'm more connected to nature, because I believe that through the connection to nature, it teaches us a lot about the way that we're supposed to be living our lives. You know, mm. nature has it all figured out. It's amazing. I mean, just think about how your human body works. Forget nature; it's a miracle. It's a walking, talking miracle. 
that you are not aware of. You know, there's mm. hundreds of millions of things that are happening in your body. And it's the same with nature. You know, nature teaches you exactly how it is to be. All these ecosystems that are codependent and, 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 and dependent on each other and profiting off of each other and sharing with each other. I'm reading this amazing book right now, which I highly recommend called The Hidden Life of Trees. That's one. It talks about, yeah, I heard about so it. It talks about yeah. these networks, you know, how trees in in the in in um, they have this fungi um, um, called mycorrhizal fungi, as these networks mm-hmm. underground that are actually sharing food, sharing information, sharing warning systems, you know, um, sharing knowledge, all sorts of things. Uh, in this network and 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 that's one book one, one book that i'm reading and if i have to give you a second recommendation of another one that i'm also reading which is absolutely fascinating it's called um entangled life entangled life yes so that's yeah. that's one which is which is a really good one and it, and it talks a lot also about fungi and, the, and if you're not into reading there's a lot of stuff on netflix there's an I amazing am. show on netflix called fantastic fungi it's fascinating. It's amazing. In fact, even Hidden Life of Trees is on Netflix. You can watch it. It's not on. It's not on Spain Netflix, unfortunately, but I think it's on other Netflix. Um, you know, there's if you're if you're interested in regenerative agriculture, I saw an amazing documentary the other day called Kiss the Ground. Yes, I've seen it. So good. I, I loved it, yes. and, and and it it does it in a really good way of like breaking it down mm. into easy things that you can do, uh, and uh, and yeah, so like that. You know, there's no dearth of things that you can watch slash read slash listen to, like podcasts like this. I hope I hope many many people listen to your podcast, mm-hmm. because it's great what you're doing. But like that, there's no dearth of things that you can do to educate yourself, improve your behaviors, improve your lifestyles. And when I say improve, I'm not trying to be derogatory. I'm not trying to point fingers. I just mean you know. Everything is in a is in is a is a learning process, right? Everything is growth. Everything is is about it, is about uh, is about being a better person every day, and that's my philosophy in life. Is that if if every day if I can wake up and if I can figure out a way to be a better person, not just for myself but for people around me, then I'm doing exactly what I was sent on this earth to do. To come back to the question, which I have again tangented off of, I hope in 2030 that I'm closer to nature, that I'm out of a city, that I'm that I'm connected to a place where I can grow my own food. Uh, that mm. I can generate my own energy, uh, that I can sh- that I can share that food with my neighbors, and and that collectively we will have a, a, a wonderfully diverse food garden, uh, share our herbs and spices and fruits and 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 whatnot, and 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 I hope I and I, and I hope I can be in a place where I can where whenever I decide I can take off into nature, go for a hike, you know, go mm. go 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 bathe in in the river, go go swim in the ocean, uh, go climb a mountain, and 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 just and, and just take time for myself, and 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 take time out of all of these things that distract me from from everything that that points towards the kind of life that I should be living. You know, take time out of mm. my phone, take time out of my all these like all these computers and social media and things that I'm connected to that, that are not facilitating the right kind of life. Like even just like from a health perspective, you know, live a healthier life disconnected from a lot of the things that we've grown too used to and grown too comfortable with and, 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 and get back to get back to a more natural way of living, which will also do great things for the environment and the fight on climate. Hmm. I can picture it. it uh, yeah. And I, I think when I ask this question to people, I, I get very much similar answers. I think this is something that people want. We have this uh, common urge for something slower and closer to nature. Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, and I'm, I'm so glad. To, I'm so glad to hear that, 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 yeah. that people are resonating with that idea because, because I cannot, uh, I, I, I cannot, 
Tom Tom and Tom Tom it enough. No. So uh, you are my be- a guest because I want the listeners to get inspired to do something after listening to this episode. I really hope so. That's my goal for this uh, season. But uh, if they want to contact you, for instance, uh, what's the best way to do that? Well, that could be one action. Absolutely, I think that yeah. could be. The, I could. I think that could be a great action. Um, yes. And um, like I said, I'm plugged into way too many networks for my own good. Yeah. <laughs> so they can contact me any any number of ways. I, 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 if someone is genuine in wanting, um, and even if you're not genuine, even if you don't want more, it's fine. But if you want to contact me, I am. I'm willing to throw open all channels of communication. So I will give you my WhatsApp number if you want. I will give you my email. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm on mm. all these things. Um, I'm, I'm I'm happy to sort of add you to all the Slack channels that I'm on and you can contact me there. So whatever whatever is easiest for that person. So when we get off this call, I'll give you all these channels that I have that I that I that I'm accessible on and that I respond on. Mm. If you want to ask me which one do I respond fastest on, probably I respond fastest on WhatsApp or email. But you have my phone number; you can pick up the phone and call me, and I'll I'll answer. You know, um, if uh, if you want to contact me on Twitter, I, I check Twitter on a daily basis, so I, I'm there too. If you want to contact me on Instagram, I spend way too much time on Instagram than I should, but mm. I'm there too. So if, because I know that everybody has their own sort of platform that they're mm. most comfortable with. And and of course I check my email a lot these days. I'm on LinkedIn as well because I'm searching for a lot of jobs. So if you want to find me there, I spend a lot of time yeah. on that uh, these days as well. Um, so yeah, and 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 and, and, and the reason that I say that I, I'd like to connect with all these people on different channels is also because on all these different channels I have access to different networks that I can plug you into. Mm. And and and, yeah. and and I would love to do it because I really believe that the only way that I am doing the most of the of everything that's coming to me is to be able to give it back to somebody else and to pass it on. Like, you know, this concept of pay it forward is so mm. powerful in my mind about how, why is it coming to me? It's not coming to me for me. It's coming to me for me to implement it, but it's also coming to me to share it with you, share it with your listeners, share it to whoever mm. else wants to. So, so yes. So without getting back into the same narrative that I've been saying for the last one and a half hours, I think if we're, however you want to contact me, I am accessible. I will give all the information to Vesmoy. You can get in touch with her. She'll or she'll put it out on the podcast or whoever put it out on, yep. on or wherever you want to. Um, I will. And yeah, maybe it's probably not the best idea to put my phone number out into a public space, but who cares? Really, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't there's no time for any of that stuff anymore. I mean, nothing is private anymore, right? Facebook and uh, and and Google have all my information anyway, so you might as well. Uh, that's true. Might as well take that's my true. phone number. Uh, and if you actually pick up the phone and call me, I, I, I'd be super happy. If 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 yeah. if, if that that would make me that would make me feel so so good about what I've done today is if, if people contact me and ask me questions or ask me to help or or, mm. or seek information or, or something for me that would be the biggest return that I could get from from this mm. from this time that I spent with you. Nice, beautiful, great. Thank you so much for your time. Oh no, uh, it has been uh, great. I've learned so much from you and all these networks, and there's so much I I want to check out regarding what you have been talking about. Oh, and and and, so. and like I said, there's there's I like to talk, you know. So yeah, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but that's very very good for a podcast. It's so, <laughs> very good perfect. for a podcast, but not very good for a timed podcast. I know that you had a I know you had an upper limit on the amount of time that you want to put, but but uh, but uh, I, I, there's a there's a lot more stuff that I've not been able to share. 
Yeah. And there's a lot more. So we might we might do another one, another episode. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. I would love to because, like I said, I I don't believe that I should keep all this information that I have. It doesn't do me any good. Um, But but there's there's also a lot of stuff that that I can share in more palatable ways. You know, if people are more amenable to videos, there are a lot of videos that I have. Um, Yeah. Recently, if anybody's interested in, 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 in understanding solar, recently for Terra, I did something called a fireside, fireside, fire, sorry, fireside chat, which is yeah. a discussion that, so one of that's a, one, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not trying to extend the conversation. I know you want to wrap up, but one of the interesting things that they do is that everybody who's part of this course brings something, right? But in terms of knowledge and they want that, they want that person to share that with the rest of the community. So mm-hmm. I came, of course, with like a, a certain amount of experience in solar, a certain amount of experience in community mobilization, a certain amount of experience in communication because that was my first job, like I told you. And certain amount of, uh, a certain amount of experience in, in, in other things. I gave this one hour talk on, 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 on my, um, experience. A lot of detailed information about my experience with my venture and how we built the business. You know, what are some of the pitfalls that you went through? What are some of the things that you can learn as an entrepreneur, especially as like an entrepreneur in this, in the sustainable, sustainability and sort of renewable space? And a lot of stuff about the industry. You know, what, what is solar going through? What are some of the changes that are happening? What are some of the problems that it has right now in India and in the world, et cetera? And what are some of the new tech and stuff that, 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 that is very interesting to me and that I still track, even though, though I'm not like directly linked to solar anymore. So I have. Mm. a link to that video um if you want i can share it with you you can share it with um, yes please it's 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 open access to whoever so if you have the link you can watch it uh and yeah like that you know i have access to a lot of uh videos podcasts books etc so if if they don't want to hear my boring voice and my sort of you know my this like i said i talk too much and i'm not the most interesting person unfortunately i'm not very funny um but 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 if you want if you want it from from sort of more um much better sources i have those too so so if that mm. if that works for you um i'm happy to send that your way too great thank you so much no thank you for having and we will definitely be in in touch later on i'm sure i hope i because, see you at 6 p.m um, yes 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 please send me uh, the climate link. change makers shout out again yeah. to climate change makers so i'll, I'll send yes. you i'll send you the link and anybody else who's interested, I'll send them a recording of today's session. It's basically just recording, uh, like you were asking, how, how can they get involved? Today's session is to teach people, is to, is to just tell people how can they be involved, what is expected of them, what can they do? That's it. Yeah. Perfect. I'll be there. You better end the conversation now before I start talking again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Ajit. No, thank you. Have a great day, and have a great, have a great day, everybody who's listening. So that's it, dear listeners. I hope you will dig into all the links I will share in the show notes and that you will see all the potential value in this information. But remember, nothing happens unless you actually do something. But that doing can start with an email or a message on Twitter or LinkedIn or just getting in touch. And you never know what that will lead to. Suddenly, you're in Madrid learning from Arjun about how to build up a vertical farming facility from scratch. You never know. In the next episode, we will be back in Norway, hearing from a fantastic woman called Siri Abrahamsen. We will talk about joy and kindness and how we can spread it to our children, in schools, in our neighborhoods, at work. It's about small actions and big, big changes. I can't wait to share that conversation and Siri's work with you. 
So until then, let's go out and do something. Get going with actions. Speak to you soon.